Hi, Johnny. We just finished watching the Game Awards. We had uh, two boxes of delicious pizza. What do you think about my topping choices? I had one box was pepperoni with uh, honey barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. Second one, I got chicken breasts. Well, it was just diced chicken on a garlic parmesan sauce. What do you think? No, they were good options, dude. You always uh, pick good pieces. Uh, like that one spot you took me to? What was it, like 10, 15 years ago? Uh, the straw, straw Hat Pizza. Yeah, what was it? Something like artichoke? Something unexpected? It was Chicken Bacon Ranch. Chicken Bacon Ranch. Was it that? Yes. I remember. The sauce was ranch, and mm-hmm. it was chicken and bacon, like, crumbled. Hmm. Yeah, that was great, dude. I haven't been there in years. That's an Apple Valley. That's a, that's a bit of a drive. I got, I got two pizza spots I love, but they're not even local. They're in Vegas. There's this one spot in the Aria... Uh, this part, this is called Secret Pizza. And is it really called Secret Pizza? Yeah, it is. It's, it's. I think, in the second or third floor. So the Aria, just for people who don't know, is a hotel slash casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. Go ahead, continue. Yeah, so it's it's up in the, in the second floor or third floor. And there's a little hallway, and it looks like a restroom, right? It's a really tiny hallway. I don't recall it having any like signs or anything. Mm-hmm. And it's really small. And you walk, I don't know, like 30, 40 feet back, and then you find this entire little restaurant back there. Mm-hmm. And it's hence the name Secret Pizza. And the other one is called by, it's um, not, I think it's called Old Vegas. Uh, what's the name of the place? Oh, Fremont Street. Yeah, Fremont Street. Right before you enter, enter uh, I'm sorry, enter Where? Fremont Street, mm-hmm. there's a place called uh, Evil Pie. And it's... It's not a evil heavy, pie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's called evil pie. Okay. It's something like heavy metal, and it's got this big old neon red sign that says evil pie. Oh, so it's a theme like rocker, like metal. Yeah. The, okay. The decor is all like, imagine a wall full of just stickers, right? Oh, okay. Like a music venue. I've been to like yeah, those, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like so, the bathrooms at a music venue. Yeah, that's probably the the coolest place i've been to for for pizza but the pizza there is good that's great that's great okay have you been to pieology no are you familiar with they it? have one up here right? yeah yeah i i think i've seen photos maybe it's not the same spot but i saw a photo where they have a pie and it's nothing but marshmallows oh god that sounds awful marshmallows and nutella oh that sounds awful. Well, like, it sounds heavy without it, without like tomato sauce no or? of course no no oh I might be open to that then. Yeah. Because uh, what you call so it? Nutella and, to- and marshmallows. I forget if it's Pizza Hut or Domino's. One of them does like a dessert pizza. It's like a cookie or something. Okay. And like it's something similar to that where it has like a marshmallow like filling, but like it's like a cookie crust or whatever. Uh huh. So if it's like that and not weird, like there's some pizzas I think like a there's. I don't know why you'd call it a pizza after that point. It's just a pie. Yeah. Well, a pizza pie. People. people do call them sometimes pizza pies. I mean, I, I guess it depends on the crust that it has. Like, if you want to get to the definition of a pizza of a pie, it's really weird. It's like anything that's bread that has filling. It's it's like very loose. But anyways, mm-hmm. there used to be a place up here called John's Incredible Pizza. They closed it down a few years ago. Uh-huh. But uh, they used to have a peanut butter pizza, which is is exactly what you would think. It's like a pe- regular pizza, except that there's peanut butter on top of the cheese, and like it was gro- it was gross. It was gross. But they were known for, like, their quirky pizzas. Like, that was their thing. Uh-huh. And some people would order the peanut butter pizza, like, un- unironically. That sounds really heavy to take in. That's a lot. That's a lot of pure, pure carbs. Just pure carbs. Yeah. A lot of heavy fats. But anyways. Anyway, so, yeah. Um, I just got those pizzas just because, I'm like, we need to have something to munch on while we're watching. So Yeah, we had that in some apple cider. 
Apple cider. Really, really good apple cider. A bit of beer on the side. Delicious. All right. This isn't a food or pizza podcast. Although I do imagine that does exist somewhere if you look. I'm pretty sure there is a pizza podcast out there. But Johnny, I think before we transition, I think, you know how you say there's two rules in life? Like there's death and taxes, right? Those are the unavoidable things. Mm -hmm. The the solid truths, right? I think we could add a third one to that. And that's that there is no such thing as bad pizza for the most part. It, even, it even, exists. I've just never had it. it. Good, right? Even the most incompetent pizza is still like good, I think. Yeah. For the most part. I've never been to any place where I've said, oh, I don't want to eat this pizza. Like even school pizza isn't that bad. I feel like you cannot mess up bread, tomato sauce, and cheese. You just can't really mess that up. So let's add a third one. Let's add a third truth to play. You know how we have, you know how we have layers, right? We have, I think, therefore I am, right? At the bottom. That's, uh, what's his name? It's not Plato, right? Uh, uh, that's Descartes. Descartes, right? I think, therefore I am. And now the next, the next layer, death and taxes. And the third layer above that, like these are the solid truths. Pizza. There is no such thing as bad pizza. My friend has an analogy for girls, right? Like, you know. When there's a girl walking down the street and you're like, how about this one? How about that one? And he always comes up with like, hey, bro, like, it's pizza. Like, Oh, right. I get it. I get it. All right. But he doesn't uh, He doesn't have to have a preferences for it. I see what you mean. There's a, there's just a floor. There's no maximum like yeah, ceiling. He's just, a, he's at the floor. I'll take it. Yeah, it's pizza, right? He just takes it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dual Sense Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Orozco, joined by the Badger of the High Desert, the self-proclaimed lost cause because he is always down for the cause, never down for the count, the unnecessary one, the truth, Johnny. What's up? Sticky Bandit. Forgot that. The Sticky Bandit. Are we adding that? Are we adding that? No, 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 no. You want to be, be known as the Sticky Bandit? Just for today. Just for today. That's an inside joke, guys. Inside joke. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. So, Johnny, we just saw the Game Awards. We're not. There's no article. I mean, there's an article to go with it. But before we get into like the who won and who didn't win and stuff, what was your overall impression of this year's show? Just overall, pacing was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Unlike the last ones, it didn't feel extremely long. Like you saw the, you know, I would check the time, but it didn't feel like a drag at all. Uh, Shaving those thirty minutes really made a difference. I think. You think it was just that, just cutting a little bit of time on it? I think cutting the time, but also it just seemed like they were a little more respectful of what, like, not so much filler. There's, like, very little. When they would have things like, oh, here's, like, someone from the, you know, this year's class or whatever. Like, yeah. it was, like, brief, like, two, three minutes, and then that's it. I feel like they were better on the groupings. Uh, the last the last year's show, it felt like. They just throw anything at any time, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. In this one, it felt like, okay, we're going to put uh, the winners. We're going to read them off super quick. And that's intense. Like, you you read the, you read them off, and you're, like, trying to decide this one, that one, that one, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he just hits you with the winner. So, the timing on that was really dope. And then you have the sections for the reveals. And then you have sections for your little, your smaller games. Yeah. And it felt good uh watching it in, in chunks like that because you knew like okay this isn't gonna last long mm-hmm. they're just gonna slide it in here and then we're just gonna continue it didn't feel like we're not gonna linger too long on it yeah it didn't feel mm-hmm. like how many more are they gonna show of these you know 
like when when the little uh, games came up, it felt like oh, this is only gonna be three minutes, five minutes at yeah. most, right? It was never like let's like they've done in the past where like let's take an extended look at this. I'm like no, don't. Yeah, do yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like four minutes of like the most like boring gameplay or something. It was mm-hmm. just chatter or whatever. Yeah, they were pretty respectful. I do feel the first half of the show was stronger. I feel like we got more like really cool announcements for the first half. And then towards like the second half, it was kind of just like, okay, this is what we have left over kind of thing. Yeah. But I think that's always the situation every single year where the first half is all like the banger announcements. Like let's get things rolling. And then it kind of just dies off a little the second half. Also, they didn't have, they didn't have too many advertisers that were super out of place. You know? They made sense and they were integrated pretty well. Like mm-hmm. you commented, like, there's, there's a lot of Xbox commercials, but like that makes sense. Yeah, 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 it does. Because we there was a little bit of PlayStation, a little, a lot so, of Game Pass, a lot of Game Pass uh, presence, a lot of like I think there was like HP and Dell and like all these other things that are on the periphery of gaming, like on the. Fringes. But that still makes sense. Like if yeah. they had commercials for a television, okay, that makes sense. We did right? see a couple for Samsung, right? That partnership with Samsung uh-huh. and Xbox for those uh, smart TVs. Yeah, smart TV. All you need is a controller. Right? But even even then, that's still technology related, so it fit. Yeah. So yeah, they were they were no Gillette like they've done in the past with the shaving or the. Hot Pockets, or, like, they've done some other, like, weird ones. Mm-hmm. And Jeff mentioned that in the tweet. He put out a tweet before. He's like, hey, there's going to be, like, fewer sponsors, but, like, the ones that we do have are, like, heavy hitters. And that's very true. It didn't, it didn't feel cheap like it did like, in past years, I want to say. So, all right, Johnny, that's enough filler of our own. Let's move on here. GameSpot was gracious enough. I want to say gracious. I'm sure they did this for for clicks and views, but they were clever enough to put together a decent list of the winners. We're not going to go through all. We're just going to we're not going to go through all the categories. We're just going to talk about the main ones that we feel are important or that we have some kind of commentary on. So uh, here are all the major awards winners, and of course, uh, game of the year. John, this was a John. You were like. You were like fidgeting. You're like, oh my god! Like this is it's funny watching Johnny squirm during the game of the year announcement. We had that epic orchestra playing again with uh, all the music from the nominees. That one wind instrument guy who was just going hard. He's like, this is my one. This is my five minutes of fame. I'm gonna milk it for all it is. And he just shaking his hair and like fist pumping and tapping his feet. He was all into it. I think about three instruments. Right. He had a flute. A kind of like a French horn kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then like this, I don't know what you call it. It was like another flute, but it was like um, a oboe sort of. Like those long, like the bigger bulky ones. You know what I'm talking about? Where like, no. it's like a flute, right? A flute you play straight on. Yeah. But you had the one that was like at the side. Yeah, it's got. Like all these like metal like buttons yeah, and prods. Yeah, it looks like a. Is that oboe, no? Or no? I don't think that's an oboe. You know what I'm talking about though? It was like, it's like a bigger flute. The silver one. Yeah. It was like a bigger flute with more buttons. Don't know what it's called. I don't know what you call it. But he was the wind guy. He was the wind instrument guy. He was going. He was going ham. Anyways, so Johnny, game of the year, of course, Elden Ring. That was like that was the one where I was like, I feel pretty confident it's gonna be Elden Ring, but I could see it being snatched by any of these other ones like very easily. No. And, and when no. they what? No, no way. No what? Well, you said very easily. There's no way. There was only two games that would compete with that. God of War and... And Horizon. And maybe Horizon. I, I really thought they were going to give it to the cat. I thought maybe, like... Well, Stray, Game of the year? I thought Stray might pull, like, a fast one and kind of just, like, steal it. No, there's no way. But, anyways, Elden Ring, for me, makes the most sense. I was telling Johnny, like, Elden Ring has the most mass appeal of all of these. It's the 
PC, Xbox, last gen, PlayStation 5. It, it just seemed like that would be the winner. Although, that's not always the case, right? We had God of War win in 2018. That was like one platform. We've had Sekiro, who also also from from software, they won. They were only on two platforms. Well, what I think. It, 2018, what was God of War competing with? Because it was competing with Spider-Man, which is also a Sony exclusive. Mm, yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. Um, the thing with this, it's, it doesn't surprise me so much that Elden Ring got the game of the year. What really surprised me is that it beat out God of War and Horizon Zero Dawn. Two massive Sony games. Mm-hmm. That's what's more impressive than even the award. Yeah. I mean, I, it's... This kind of goes with tradition, right? Where traditionally the game of the year is the game that comes out earlier in the year. And while that does apply to Horizon also, I think, again, it continues where God of War came out later in the year. And that's probably... I'm not saying that's why it lost, but I'm just, I am saying that I feel... Usually game of the year winners have more time to soak up, soak into the public conscious. More people get have time to play those games. So I think there is yeah. a slight edge in that sense. You yeah, I wish we knew more parameters like i wish we knew afterwards they told us like which outlet voted which way just so we could have like the receipts you know what i mean yeah yeah and that way if somebody that way if somebody said oh no we didn't vote that way like it would be like you know public or something just some transparency you know this isn't like the elections for like the president or something you know what i mean like it's okay if the develop if this if the outlets tell us who they voted for for which category well uh Okay. Oh, you know what? Maybe not, because then that would I would reveal to the developers like who, exactly what I was gonna say. Like, oh, we need to of... we need to influence these people more, or this outlet, or like, oh, we're not giving them game codes anymore. I guess yeah, you're right. That could be an issue. Yeah, because if you know how they how they vote and the reason they vote, they'd be like, let's just make this game. In you know, in that only direction. give it to people who are gonna vote in our favor. And yeah. but but then all the games would just become like cookie cutter. They'd all end up having a specific formula. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. Right. So if the formula is unknown to the developers and they're gonna make what they think is the most creative game, right? I'm just thinking from like full transparency, but maybe in this case that's not a good idea. So yeah, okay. Uh, so yeah, Johnny felt strong about Ragnarok. I really felt strong about Elden Ring, and so I was very happy when Elden Ring got the. The nod, the nomin- I mean, the award. Then we have Best Game Direction, which also went to Elden Ring. This is the only other one. Oh, that's not true. More than one. Uh, Elden Ring also got Best Game Direction, which kind of surprised me. I didn't think it would. This was the one. This is the one I was bummed about that didn't go to Immortality, because man, that game got shafted and snubbed so bad. But I really, def- I really feel it should have won at least Best Performance. The thing with um, with Best Direction for me. I don't know why, but I feel like it's making a pivot towards a direction. You know what I'm saying? It's not just a particular uh, direction that they go in, but that they change anything from their last creation. I definitely see that. Yeah. So you were saying, yeah, you were saying that during the. I think when they were still listing off the nominees on on the on the video, you were already saying like you said. I think Elden Ring. And I was like, why do you think Elden Ring? And you said, go ahead. Well, the thing with Elden Ring is. It's like I said. It's a pivot from it's a departure, like Bloodborne. You know, very linear, and yeah. it's an open world. Uh, Elden Ring. It's just different from what you'd expect from that company to do, right? Yeah. And then God of War. Like you know what you're supposed to get, right? Yeah. Like you know it's gonna be uh, open, linear, and then that type of combat. It's gonna uh, flow over into the next game. It's just gonna be more refined. But you you have an expectation of of that direction, right? For sure. Same thing with Horizon. For sure, yeah. But Elden was definitely like, we're going to make this little pivot in this direction, and it paid off. It basically saying like it wasn't as cookie-cutter as kind of like... Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I was I was like, I don't know. And then when they reeled him, I'm like, oh, yeah, Johnny was right. Like, yeah. Let me get this down here. Oh, sorry. And then Barris Narrative uh, went to God of War Ragnarok, which I was okay with. Again, that's the one that I was also bummed about Immortality not winning because that game is very special. But again, I can understand because it's also the least game that's like a game. And I know that doesn't make sense, but it very much is just like a cinematic experience. So I get it. I get it. But man... I really wish it had gotten that one. And that was the one that Horizon also was nominated for, which I thought maybe it would go for. Because Horizon's, Horizon's story is actually really cool. Like, you think it's this one thing, and then about a third of the way, you realize it's this different story. Like, that game has a lot of, like, twists, I think. Okay, so I love the Horizon story, but uh, I just didn't live up to the first one. Like, the first one, discovering where Aloe coming from. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you see the trailers, right? And you're like, why the hell... Are there dinosaurs and why are they robots and what does she have to do with everything? Mm-hmm. And then during the uh, story of part one, it all ties in. It all makes sense. It's about terraform. Uh, minor spoiler. It's about terraforming. It's it all ties in like very well. Mm-hmm. And the dialogue is uh, fucking great, dude. Like the performances are amazing. And then part two just it just doesn't really add up, right? Yeah. Like there's cool twists. Maybe uh, halfway through the game, but it doesn't. There's like two major ones, about a third of the way, and then about two-thirds of the game, and I think right before the end of the game. Yeah, but even... In terms of like when you think like, oh, these are the bad guys, and you're kind of right, but not for the reason you think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even the ending of Horizon feels a little bit rushed. Like when you see what's about to happen, that last portion, yeah. when you're standing there, you're like, uh, they, they could have used a little bit more development with this... Thing, this and it's like we're not bad on purpose it's this and then you know the yeah, yeah yeah i get what you're saying that was like the last twist was kind of like i didn't think it was rushed but when you say it that way it does feel kind of like out of place like oh man like the game's about to ship in a month like we need to come up with a really like clever ending or something yeah because the story although not as good a one as the first one it still makes sense except at the end it feels like they rush uh, the hint for the third one, you know, mm-hmm. it, like it just leads into it's kind of like the MCU kind of thing where like we're setting up yeah, the next yeah, thing. Yeah. I got you. All right, we have a uh, best art direction went to Elden Ring, of course. Uh, I was I was like I don't care who wins this category as long as it's not Scorn because Scorn is a very repulsive looking game. It makes me feel very uncomfortable to look at. So I was glad they didn't win this because Scorn is all about body horror and that's just uh, it just gives me goose goose wants to think about it. I could have seen it going either way. Horizon, I think Horizon Forbidden West has a very rich color palette. It has a very nice, like, kind of tropical aesthetic that I really enjoy. Very flowery, very bright, very kind of beautiful post-apocalypse kind of, compared to, like, Fallout. You know what I'm saying? Like, much more grim and dark looking. Like, Horizon's very, it's a very gorgeous game to look at. I mean, I think I use photo mode for that game more than any other game. Yeah, but I want to say that's more on, on a technical level. Aesthetically, sure. it looks amazing. Elden Ring has... Pretty creative bosses. A lot of variety with the bosses. Yeah, Elden Ring has very unique biomes. Like, all the biomes kind of stand apart. And then just the character designs for the enemies. And yeah, the bosses are very fun to... Or very cool, like, designs and to play with and I stuff. I think the biomes are whack. Well... I, I always bring this up. Why is there a giant lobster in the swamp? Like, quit that. Was... Lobsters come from the swamps. Yeah, they're... In, like, crayfish? Crayfish are, like, a southern... Are they? Am I, is this just... Yeah. Crayfish are like in the southern, like in the like in Louisiana, like they eat lobster a lot of there. Like they're like in like the bayou and stuff. Okay, fine, maybe it is, but 
why why the fuck is there a giant lobster to begin with why is that a i don't know that i don't know it's just it's just funny but um yeah i really thought maybe horizon i could see god of war kind of getting this one just because of the different realms and stuff like it looks like fun to i mean it's not as fun to look like as as horizon but it's it's all right uh last let's uh, we have two three more and we're gonna wrap this up uh best score music went to god of war ragnarok again because of that uh blood in the snow song and some other stuff uh, the, the i love how the guy was like the guy was talking about making the music he's like he's like i didn't think that the like he's like i didn't think that would work but it does because when you think of god of war i think of that i think of that music cue and you even told me what would you tell me earlier then when you're walking right. through the halls. Oh, I'm sure this happens with everybody. Every every time I'm just walking through a hallway or riding a bike or in the car, whatever, all of a sudden I'm thinking of fucking God of War music or Snake Eater from from uh Metal Gear. Snake Eater. Yeah, there's these video game like tracks that just pop in like in the middle of doing whatever the hell you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it for you? It's not snake. Well, it's not the God of War one. Although that I think when I think of that, I think of like, oh, I just acquired a really cool tool or weapon. I think that for me, it's kind of I think of the, it's kind of silly. I think of either the soundtrack from Fallout New Vegas, which is like just like all these different songs like from like the fifties and forties, mm-hmm. and then sometimes I think of um, it's funny because it's old now, but the the main menu music from call of duty black ops the first one it has this really cool kind of like like born ultimatum born identity kind of like and it gets deeper it kind of just does this kind of motif over but that's like when you're selecting like which lobby or which game to, which game mode to play and like that's like for some reason the most iconic call of duty theme because i don't know if i just play black ops a lot but that particular theme like has just stuck with me i will go on spotify johnny i'll go on spotify no joke and i will look up the theme and just like have it play because it just I try not to do that. It puts me in a certain bring... mindset where, like, I feel like I'm, like, on a mission or about to do something. On a mission? Okay. Fuck. Fucking. We are always sidetracking. The best mission song you could have to dun, listen dun, dun, to. Dun, 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 what is that? Snake. Snake. Is that one? No. It's the... It's very close, but I don't think that's the one. Okay. It's, it's the cave theme. It is Metal Gear. I knew it. It's Metal Gear. It's the cave... God, dude, it's the cave theme from Metal Gear. One, I have been so close to so many tickets, just driving down the 15 freeway. And my my car is fucking black, right? Mm-hmm. I just it just feels badass. It's I'm in a fucking Acura, in a black Acura. It's blacked out, and it's fucking 2 a.m. and I'm just flying up the fucking mountain with this badass music. Uh, I, I feel wait- like I want to play this music later. Are you just waiting for like the like your clear sign the little, like okay we got away like the caution like th- yeah 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 <laughs> you're waiting for like the little chime the th- th- like okay we lost him yeah yeah <laughs> which is funny because i'm glad they have this category because like when you think of video games you don't really think like oh i can't wait to play this game because of the music right that's not like on the forefront of what you're thinking it is in a kojima game sure okay you could, yeah okay i guess kojima is the exception but like 
for me, that's only true for like Elder Scroll games because Elder Scroll games always have like really awesome like ambient music. But can you remember that music years later? Yes, I do. Actually, I remember okay. the Dragonborn song. I think of the who, who, yeah, like what, the what version is that? Oh, what game is that? Skyrim. Okay, okay, that's fair. Skyrim has a very very memorable like opening main theme, the Dragonborn song, the dun 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 dun. dun. Sometimes, sometimes for me, it's it's not my go-to, but sometimes the classics come back to, like oh, because of the Mario trailer we just saw. No, that on the regular that one comes up. Oh, that trailer had like almost every era of Mario music in it, which was awesome. But that's a different. We'll talk about that later. But anyways, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. All right, let's continue with the plot. Uh, best audio design. So this is like sound effects. This has nothing to do with music. This is just like chains and uh and like just sound effects sound audio design i was bummed that call of duty didn't win it again this year because they always have the most amazing audio sign the audio i'm sorry audio design i think this went to grand turismo no this one went to ragnarok actually oh that's right grand turismo got best sporting sporting game or something like that sport game which was funny it was up against nba 2k and fifa and grand turismo won that category you were very happy about that uh no god of war ragnarok got best audio design this still makes sense. This still makes sense to me, which is funny because I don't really think too much about the audio design of Ragnarok. I think of just the grunts and shouts and like weapons, ba- like your Leviathan axe bouncing off of something. Okay, so we've had this debate before. Uh, you like Call of Duty because they're very good at what they do, right? Bullets, the shot, the shooting. They the go out to the field. Yeah. They'll shoot a couple guns and they capture that audio and they apply it to the timing, like very appropriately. It's very right? crisp. Yeah. Yes, it's it's accurate. It's crisp. But the thing is, I think this award also needs to go to creativity in audio. And God of War needs a lot of that because you can't just go to a field You're and inventing sounds that don't exist. Yeah. yeah, you got to invent yeah. a sound and then try to make sure that this sound like, oh, fuck, like a Leviathan would sound like this. Like, like, what would a Draugr sound getting cleaved by an axe? Like, <laughs> think about the Leviathan axe. When you send it out, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It yeah. comes back to you when you feel like the wisp of the wind just coming, right? Yeah. And it sounds exactly like a blade in the wind. And I like and then how you, capt- you capture it yeah, yeah. and you feel like your arms. Go the ahead. thud, the thud, the right? thud. Yes, I think of like I like when you like you haven't seen your axe in a while and you forgot where it was. It takes a little bit longer, and right? you hold the button to reach like Thor style, and you can just hear it in the distance mm-hmm. the things it's hitting on the way. Yeah, yeah. And it's just such a cool feeling because it reminds me of Thor from the MCU, where you just hear like the. Like you know, like 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 he's trying to find out he's still worthy, but you're doing that with the Leviathan axe sometimes, and you hear like yeah. the you hear the like the yeah. the humming, the vibe, the like when it kind of like gets close to you, the like the presence of it. And then of course, when you take the axe and you take it to an enemy, and you hear that thud and the thunks, and you feel it just carves into the chest. Right? I did minor spoilers for it. I did like the sound that the spear makes. The spear when you're doing it, that's a big spoiler. That's okay. It's not a big deal. A weapon's not really a spoiler, I think, because we only talk about how you get it. So, but like when you're doing the 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 rapid like strike of the spear, I love how yeah. it sounds very kind of like I I picture what's his name from Troy Achilles when he's doing the spear fighting mm-hmm. and then the and then like when you're like when you toss it and then you get like that satisfying the thunk and like the yeah the little bombs uh huh explosions yes. Yeah. So okay, I'll give it. Okay, I'll give it creativity. I I give it to him for creativity. Yeah, All not right. just accuracy. Last one, uh, real quick. This is the last one, and we'll move on. Uh, best performance. This one, I I really don't feel bad, no matter who won. Although I do feel again, last time I'll bring it up, 
I feel Manning Gage should have won this for Immortality because she's phenomenal. She's like playing four different people in the exact same in one game, and she she got snubbed. She got snubbed the entire night. Um, although Christopher Judge, of course, won as Kratos, which is really funny because Johnny and I are talking about like it'd be funny like we have Atreus and Kratos both for the same award for the same game. Yeah, and then I think Sunny kind of looked a little kind of like bummed. Is no, there a little sure. bummed, he looked bummed or kind of just like oh man, like he didn't uh, look as happy as I would expect. I'm yeah. Sorry. And you know for sure if it was the other way around, that Christopher Judge would be like ex- ex- excited for the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was kind of bummed that he didn't seem that excited. But and then of course we got this really long, long, like um, what do you call it? What kind of speech is this? It's a this is a TED talk. It's like a TED talk basically. He's kind of just he's like, okay, guys, I'm gonna tell you the history of my life. Like he's just talking about everything. He's talking about his brother, how his brother changed his life around, and we're like. Like, that's nice, but what does this have to do with what's going on? Like, Well, the first half was very heartfelt. And then there were a couple small sections where they were also heartfelt. Like, the brother section came at the very end almost. Mm-hmm. And then he No, told- it was, like, right in the middle, John. It's, like, right in the middle. Okay, in the middle. Because then he started, like, talking about each individual person involved with the game. Like, Well, there was that other portion where when he's like oh cory thanks for he's like oh and then cory told me this new guy was taking over at williams as director and like, yeah, oh and he, is he a, has a badass and everything yeah and he just kind of kept going with like the process and we're like okay okay yeah yeah like it was like what seven minutes i feel like it was like seven minutes i don't know if it was well there were it was a great uh speech but there was also plenty of filler it wasn't intentional filler he was just kind of like brainstorming like fuck what else do i need to think because yeah because when he started he was just like looking down at the award yeah, yeah. and he, like you could almost kind of see like he was like the, the juices like he was trying to think of what to say yeah he's like damn or what do you say he said damn or something he said, like, or, he said fuck. oh that's why okay yeah yeah like like he didn't know like what to like really say like most people have like a list or some kind of pre-written like notes or something yeah and you could tell he was really kind of just going through the motions like, what do I bring up? Oh, yeah, let's bring up, like, who hired me. Like, how, oh, I, if I had known it was a game back then, I probably wouldn't have done this, right? And, oh, my, I want to, you know, shout out to my brother who, like, turned his life around at 40. And then, like, da, 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 right, he, he kept going, talking about the director for the, like, the mocap or something and talking about the music. And he's kind of, he was kind of just rambling, like, how I am right now, kind of. <laughs> he was, like, and then they started just playing the music. He kept going. And he like like no like he kept going he kept going and then Jeff Keeley even made the joke I was gonna make the joke but a lot of people a lot of people made the joke because there was like a thing where like they were giving out free Steam decks mm-hmm. for every minute that the Game Awards went on and he's like and then Jeff Keeley was like yeah so I guess uh you know we're just gonna have a, to speed this up now because we have we don't have enough game Steam decks to give out or whatever it was a really funny bit and I kind of like how Jeff kept making jabs at it later on throughout the show. He kept kind of bringing it up in different ways. I thought it was kind of cute. It was a funny moment. So, um, yeah, um, that's it, Johnny. I, yeah, I think overall the the people who want, I mean, not the people, the games that won for certain categories do make sense. Um, Elden Ring, like, sweeped, like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. God of War Ragnarok sweeped, like, several categories that I didn't even mention. And I'm not, it's just, like, other stuff that really I'm not going to, like, talk about. Uh, Stray got a couple. Final Fantasy got some. Um, just across the board, right? They got Elden Ring got best role playing, so on. God of War got best action adventure, and I'm just glad Kirby got best family because you guys need to play Kirby. All right, Johnny, let's talk about the announcements, which are just as hype, if not more hype, than the awards themselves in some ways. Let's uh, I, okay. I'm just gonna mention real quick. You tell me if you want to talk. If not, we'll keep moving. 
So they showed uh, Hellboy, Web of Weird. Okay, wait, hold up. I missed that part. Uh, we're doing so this was a pre-show. Yeah, this was a pre-show. Uh, we didn't really get a chance to talk about it because you were out. I don't know what you're, you're doing. Something in the kitchen, and I was like setting up the TV. Uh, it says um, this is coming from a studio called Good Shepherd Entertainment, Dark Horse Comics. It says Cell Shaded Hellboy Web of Weird is coming to Nintendo Switch. I don't think there was anything relevant on the pre-show. No release date. Just yet. It was just, I don't know, it was just Hellboy. It was like an action-adventure kind of game, looked like. Uh, Among Us Hide and Seek, which I think is uh, is a new mode, right? Okay, Among Us gets a new mode. Street Fighter Six. we got the release date for Street Fighter Six. A very big woman is one of the characters. They kind of just show, like, different outfits. Hades 2, which I was very, I'm very excited about because I love the first Hades game. Could not finish it because it's very hard. At the last boss is just really, really hard. The final boss is extremely hard. So I have not finished the game of Hades. The first Hades is awesome. Hades 2, I'm very excited to play. Can't wait to play it. It looks like you're playing as a... It looks like she's a sister of the main character from the first one. Or related in some way. Mm-hmm. Comes out next year. Uh, Judas. That was the game that was from the Ken Levine. He like, formed his own new studio. The guy who did Bioshock. Mm-hmm. I was like, is this Bioshock? Because it looked very Bioshocky with like the... The very kind of 50s aristocrat kind of looking like aesthetic. Uh, there was no gameplay. It was just like a, I would call it a proof of concept maybe. It's a diner aesthetic. 50s diner aesthetic. Yeah. I'll go with diner kind of. Yeah. Uh, Bayonetta Origins. Cereza and the Lost Demon, which is like, it looks like a prequel. I don't know if it's a prequel, but it's like, it looks very unlike any of the other Bayonetta games. It's a very cutesy looking coming to Switch next year. March 17th. Uh, Earthblade. So this is the one from um, uh, Extremely OK Games, the guys who did Celeste. And only thing we know is that it's coming in two years. That's coming in 2024. Looks kind of cool. I never finished Celeste. Celeste is an extremely hard game to play. Like, you die so easily in that game. So hopefully it's not as hard. I want to actually finish it. This is the one that got Johnny pumping. That's uh, Death Stranding or... DS2, as they called it, DS2. I wanted to talk about these backwards because the good stuff is more towards the middle. In the, in the these are in order of release. That's why. Of how, or I'm sorry, of like debut on the show. Death Stranding two, Johnny. Damn it, that's the last one I wanted to talk about. Uh, you should have told me that before. <laughs> no, we just we just do a switch it up. Because you were way more thrilled about this than I was. Because I haven't even touched. You haven't even touched. Fucking... Which is funny because I do have it downloaded to my hard drive, Johnny. Okay. But I digress. Go ahead. Right. What are you, what are your thoughts about where are they going with this? Like, can you give us your best like non spoiler thoughts? Is that possible? No. Okay. That is not possible because the trailer has spoilers. Okay. What just... do? You... We okay? Yeah, it's a trailer, right? There's no gameplay whatsoever. What do you think about of the overall aesthetic of the of the trailer, or what do you think about like we see like a group of like red row people in the middle of like nowhere in front of a mountain or something, right at the beginning. Looks like they're on a pilgrimage or something. We see the infamous baby that now has hair on its head. With the little, like, pod thing. These are all spoilers. But it's in the trailer. They're spoilers, though. Okay. I I know what you saw in the trailer, but you don't know what happens in part one. Sure. Okay. And if you knew it, it would add so much context to everything. Okay. So just kind of just give me your Okay. Well, well, the trailer just looks fantastic. I mean, I love that we're going to get a Leia Sadix back right she was a massive part of Sado. Sado. she was That's a massive actually. part in part one 
Uh, she's the fragile chick, right? Yeah, she's fragile. I remember because uh, it's like on her arm or something. Yeah, and then you have a uh, BB, which is the baby in the pot. BB, that's what they call it. It's called BB. It's a baby. Okay, okay, that's yeah. funny. Yeah, so that's the baby in the pot. Oh, I was so sad when I was crying. So, so it's cool. Like you obviously saw the trailer, and you saw. I have it. a very soft spot for children and for babies. So when I saw the baby crying, it made me sad. So you you saw the baby and you saw the little pod, the baby pod unit mm-hmm, the on the side. But then if I speak more about that, it's it's total spoiler oh, territory. No. Okay. So then I we're going to get a, a Ellie Fanning. I don't recall her in the trailer. Elle Fanning. Elle Fanning. Elle Fanning. Yeah. Um, Which is weird because she's mentioned like at the end of the trailer, like you see her name. Like the whole who hit the, the when, how, where the thing was going on. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, there's going to be trailers like all over YouTube with theories. But yeah. And breakdowns of like you didn't spot this thing and that thing, right? Right, right, right. But E L L E. So it's just L. L Fanning, she's in it. Didn't see her. Famous sister of Dakota Fanning. Yes. Troy Baker was also mentioned in the. Troy Baker. He's not in the first one, right? He is. Oh, he is. Okay. Again, spoiler. Oh, I'm sorry. We don't know. We don't know as what character, right? No, but but that's the thing. He's he's in the trailer. His voice is in the trailer. Yeah, and it's like the fuck is going on i thought maybe he was a new character or something no okay uh so that's a, a fucking spoiler and then okay well the scene is amazing like you guys have to go see this trailer death stranding 2 uh you see leia she's taking care of a child and then it's, it seems like somebody's raiding the place and then she tries to make an attempt to escape and then she gets caught up mm-hmm. and then you see a little bit more of Seiya. it's probably it's probably taking place between when she's with baby and between part one. Mm. The thing is she, she has a company. So you're saying this trailer is not like in chronological order. Like some parts are like, I'm not sure. It's like jumping around. So the part where she's with baby could be after she's with Norman in the trailer. So it could take place right in the middle or right after as a part where it's like, we need vengeance type. Uh, of okay, thing. like a sequence you know? break kind it, of thing. Yeah, it can go in either direction. the The part that is amazing to me is that Leia has a company, the big ship thing. And she has a shipping company, but you don't see too much of it in part one. Mm. You just kind of see her, and she tells you about this thing that she's got on the side. Yeah, because in the trailer she says, "Oh, meet my crew" or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is something I really wanted to see in part one. It's like, okay, you got this network going on, but like show us everything like show us the tangible stuff don't just talk about it and in the trailer it shows this fucking ship that just looks so technologically advanced dude it's it's like a ship that you would see coming from it looks like rex from the front it has the shape of metal gear rex from the front where it has like the flat sides and like the outward like nose a little bit it reminds me of rex like the silhouette yeah yeah but it's a type of ship that you would see in um, uh, really Scott's Alien, like that type of sure design, right? Yeah, cause I yeah 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 yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, just look at the trailer, guys. It's very like it's suggestive amazing. kind of yeah. Um, it's not that long of a trainer, so there's not too much to break down. But you were very excited about it, John. Yeah, so it looks great. It so looks so. I'm glad I, you had that moment. And of course, it's still on the decimal engine, so it looks. It, it, it's the same engine that runs. I uh, think when Horizon you saw the word on. when you saw the word Decima come up, is when you like lost your mind, like, and I was like, what, like, what Horizon? And I was like, oh, and then I realized what it meant right after, like, oh yeah, because that's what Kojima's using the engine too. Yeah, yeah. 
So I thought that was funny. Surprisingly, still no Mass Effect. Just want to point that out. Still no Mass Effect after all these years. Uh, two years? Yeah, two years ago since they had showed like that first like non-revealing teaser or whatever. Well, since you're on it, what did you see in the trailer for Mass Effect? Well, what are your impressions? Oh, that one from two years ago? Yeah, like what does that tell you about the overall direction? They're looking for Shepard, I guess. That's what it seemed like. They're looking for Shepard and they're on a Reaper ship. That's all I know. That's all I know. Yeah. All right, Giant. Next one was Tekken 8. Uh, I'm not a big Tekken fan. You you seem kind of impressed by it. I think you were commenting about how no, it No, not cool. really. Oh, was it Street Fighter I'm thinking of then? One of the fighting games you were like, oh, this looks cool. Well, for both, I think it was for Tekken. The characters, the characters looked dope, right? Mm-hmm. The very first characters are still in this game. And they look great. Uh, of course, they're polished. The thing with these fighting games that kind of annoys me is that the backgrounds are just so fucking dull all the very time. Very static, yeah. Very static. Like I don't know, dude. Like I why? think for fighting games, you kind of need that because you don't want distractions. But not even that. Like, uh, what is it? Is it uh, what's the other fighting game with all the girls and the physics, the special physics? Dead or alive. Dead or alive. I think it was Dead or Alive that started implementing the the transitions, the, the transitions to stages, breakable stages. Yeah. I want to see that in a lot of fighting games. Like I want to see the transition where you get too close to a car and you start cracking the windows. Right, that happens in Injustice. Injustice does that too. Or yeah, or you're at a storefront and then you get knocked into maybe you get knocked into the store and then you go into a a mall stage or something. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. I want to see somewhere. like you're moving somewhere as you're going. Right. Yeah. Uh, I went. This is the part where I went to the restroom and I came back and they were showing the Diablo Four trailer, mm-hmm. which you seem to be all about, Johnny. What do you think about Diablo Four? Comes out June sixth. They didn't show any gameplay. No, of course not. That wouldn't really work for a trailer, I think, like this because the gameplay is very like isometric and it's just not as fun to look at as a cinematic trailer. Has is. Diablo always been isometric? Yes, always. Okay. Uh, comes out June 6th next year. Uh, and yeah, this game was supposed to come out, I think, earlier than that. But there's been like mismanagement and like delays and stuff. So um, that's where we're at with this game. So that kind of shows it because it's not until like halfway through the next year. So Diablo 4 looks interesting. Then we got the uh, the gameplay. Not the, I'm sorry, not the gameplay. We got the movie trailer. We got a movie clip of Mario, Super Mario World. Super Mario Brothers, I mean. Anything to say on that, Johnny? Or not really? I like how they use the music cues from, like, the different Mario generation games. Like, there's a little Mario 64, a little Super Nintendo in there, a little, like, old-school Mario. They kind of went through the gamut of, like, Mario the, music. Okay, for the for the trailers, for what they've shown, the way that they apply the music, it's great. It makes sense. They apply all the, uh, all the like, the one-up uh, effect. Um, all the effects look dope. Mm-hmm. I mean, they sound dope. I like how you're just walking around the kingdom and you see little tiny things like relics, like you see the hammer encased in a box. Mm-hmm. Um, so the world looks amazing. I think the only gripe that I have and that most people have is just that the voices sometimes don't sound quite right. Chris like, Pratt's going to take a while to get used to, I think. I feel like it's kind of all the characters. Like Luigi does not sound anything like Luigi. Well, what you imagine Luigi sounds like, right? Well, we know Luigi sounds like. Like, like Mario. Yeah, same thing with Peach. I, I'm, it's a great... I like Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach. I think she fits. 
It's a gripe, but I don't think it's that serious. It's just okay. like, okay, whatever. Like, like I get it. They're going to have conversations. They can't all sound like they're on fucking crack all the time. Like, that's on helium, basically. Like on on helium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I can't... Yeah, a lot of people were upset that Charles Martinet, who's, like, traditionally been Mario, uh-huh. isn't voicing, like, the, him like the, for the game. I mean, for the movie. And I'm like, that works in the games because you're just saying, like, one-liners. Yeah. Like, having, listening to that voice the entire movie, I think that would drive me crazy. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. just too much. It's just too high-pitched for the entirety of the movie. Yeah. So uh, The thing that took me back was that Mario knows nothing about the kingdom. I like that. I like that this is new to him, and he's not just, like, a veteran. Like, like this is an introduction to the Mushroom Kingdom. And, like, how, like the moving platforms and the switches, like, everything seems so weird to him. I like a Mario, like, out-of-water kind of situation. Because it's it kind of like allows you to re experience that through the lens of like well what's new through Mario's eyes kind of thing. You were about to say reimagine. That's a trigger word for me. Reimagining for a modern for audience. A modern I- <laughs> Fuck that. How did I know you you were going to say that? Because I've told you this. Reimagine for a modern audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I had this conversation with another friend of mine who says he hates that phrase too. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't you. It was somebody else too who said like he's like I hate. Because I, I, I joked with him, like, yeah, you're right. You should, you should just reimagine movies for, like, a future audience. Like, no one's going to love this for a few more years. <laughs> yeah, but I've had this conversation with you before, too. Reimagine for a modern audience. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to butcher the shit. And just fill it with there. TikTok references. And uh, what was that one? There was a movie that's supposed to come out soon. And, like, the director's like, oh, yeah, we're going to, like, reimagine it. And, like, re- like, it's supposed to be, like, a TikTok. Was it Scooby-Doo? Oh, well, they do this to so many films, but... Uh, it's a Disney movie, right? Which one is it? There's a Hercules? Lot Was it Hercules? No. It's a Disney movie they're like remaking. They said they're going to reintroduce it like the modern... And they're using like TikTok and like, a musical. Okay, and... what film was this? I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head. Okay, well, the one I was talking about was they were going to do the same thing with um, Freddy Cougar. Same fucking. That's language. not what I was thinking of. No, they were gonna say like, "We're reimagining this shit for." Well, a they did that audience. with Scream. Remember, they did that with Scream, where it was all about like social media. Yes, they were gonna do the same thing. To, they did do that with Scream to Freddy Krueger, where the whole idea was like, "Oh, we need to reinvent the legend of Scream or whatever of Ghostface," but like the context of like tech now and social media and like people. But they go too too on the nose with it. Like, I don't mind if it's there, but it's too heavy handed. Where, like, I think, like, the main thing of the villain was, like, and this is, like, minor spoilers for, for the movie, but, like, it's, like, oh, like, people don't, aren't, aren't, don't scare, aren't scared by that, so we have to, like, re, we have to reinvent, make people scared again of this character or something like that. What? That was, like, the in-universe explanation for, like, the... They're movie. not scared by what? By fucking gore and... I don't know. Wait, what film was that? Scream, like, Scream. Scream. Yeah, the most recent one, where the villain's motivation in the movie was, like, oh, I did all this stuff because people need, should, like... Revere the classics again. So now they're not scared by fucking knives. They're scared of free speech and hate speech. And I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. But that's what someone spoiled it for me. Fucking pansies. On topic, Johnny. Then we kind of got this. Not I wouldn't call it a fake out, but we were hoping for something different. We got the Crash Team Rumble. What's a pansy? I think it's just pants. I can look this up now. I say that often. We got the Crash Team Rumble reveal, Johnny, which we thought was Crash Bash, which I first thought was maybe Crash Team Racing, which I first thought before that was Crash 5. But it's, uh, it looks like kind of like Power Stone, where it's like a beat-em-up, like on a third, like a third-person beat, not third-person, uh, 3D beat-em-up kind of, um, GameSpot, I mean, Polygon has like the thing right here, it says, uh, Crash Bandicoot returns with a new multiplayer action game from developer Toys for Bob. 
It's called Crash Team Rumble. Here's the gist. Players will beat each other up as they fight for Wumpa Fruit. It's expected out on PlayStation 4, 5, Xbox One, and Series X sometime in 2023. Uh, then we got Johnny this... We got the Idris Elba reveal of Cyberpunk 2077. He's in the Phantom Liberty DLC coming out next year. And apparently Idris Elba's in it. That's kind of cool. I really like him in movies and TV shows. So that's something. Johnny, anything? Bless you. Bless you. Sorry about that. You're an Idris Elba fan, right, Johnny? Um... Idris Elba and he was in Cyberpunk. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't like this merger. I've said this before. I don't like this merger between Hollywood and video games. The video game industry. I always feels like the video game industry is trying to kiss Hollywood's ass. For sure. I agree. And um, I see all these fucking celebrities making the transition over over to gaming. And it's annoying. Like one of the, uh, the things I brought up. Is when they got rid of David Hayter from Metal Gear and they brought in what's his name? Keeper Sutherland. Keeper, and he really didn't add anything to. to I like Snake. his. I like his Snake. It was. It's funny, not as. It's it, nowhere near as good as David Hayter's. No, but it's not at all. But as a runner-up, it, it's not a bad runner-up. I think. I, I agree with that, but I don't. I. I why the fuck, Keeper Sutherland? Right. No problem with the guy. He, mm-hmm. He's cool, but. Um. So I saw Idris, and I like fucking Idris. So mm-hmm. this is one of the exceptions to my rule where I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. They got him in. Yeah. But still, I don't think they it was necessary to hire this big-ass celebrity. Mm-hmm. Because gaming, the gaming industry is very fucking good in, at creating these... With its own talent. With its own fucking like, brand new individual, right? And we're going to get to that when we get to the Last of Us part thing in a little bit. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. I had to, I had to go take care of something personally. Johnny? You were saying how... Yeah, so anyhow, Idris was one of the exceptions. But again, I don't think it's all that necessary because uh, Gaiman is very good at creating their own unique characters. I mean, Cyberpunk already had Keanu Reeves to begin with. So I feel like Idris isn't that much of a jump from that. Because Keanu Reeves is like one of the main characters of Cyberpunk already. So it doesn't feel that weird to bring in another like troop, like A-list celebrity into it. For some games, I think it does, but for one that started off that way, it's kind of just the same thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I had to look it up while you were away. About a fucking, like, um, uh, sorry, guys. We're, it's fucking a little bit late. Um, Freddy Cougar. I called him Pants. I had to look it up just to make sure. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fucking people that are um, scared to take, like, chances. They're always scared. They're always looking for the danger, and they don't want to do Oh, I was hoping you found the de- the reason why it's pan- why it's that and, word. And they are often joy killers and party party poopers, naysayers. I thought you were looking up the reason why it's that word that means that, like it, like it got adopted from something else. I no, guess. it's like some you know sometimes you know a word and you use it so often, but you're like, is it really mean after all these years? What I think it means, like when people use literally and it doesn't fit. Yeah, yeah, that annoys me. So, so every once in a while, you know, you got to look it up again. Um, moving on, Johnny. This was a this was one of the more hype announcements for me. Armored Core Six Fires uh, of Rubicon. Up all the good stuff first. Well, this is the it's not first, Johnny. This is like the last announcement on this list. Uh, Besides Final Fantasy Sixteen, this is the last mention. I thought we didn't talk about uh, Crash. Yeah, we did. We just talked about it. Oh, you were looking at your phone when I was talking about it. I said, "Oh, no, nah, we're really, we even going to it." I was reading the description while you were looking at your phone. Let's go back to Crash. Okay, fine. So Crash. 
mm-hmm. is fucking great. We thought it was going to be Crash I, Five. I thought it was going to be uh, Crash Team Racing, mm-hmm. which I prefer over uh, Crash Rumble. But we got Rumble. You know, same thing as Mario Party. Mm-hmm. Um, what is what does this game do for you? It looks. It kind of reminds me of Power Stone. I mentioned this earlier already, but I'll mention it again. I want Power Stone back. It reminds me of Power Stone, where it's like a team on team beat 'em up to collect Wampa fruit. So it's kind of like Crash Bash in everything but name, I guess you'd say. Is that your phone or mine? It was yours. Oh, I'm sorry, my bad, guys. So it reminded me of Crash Bash, but it's not called that. And it's like a team one rather than being like a one on one on one on one. It's like a team based collectathon slash beat 'em up. So. It's not exactly what I wanted, but I'm kind of glad that we're just getting Crash in any way at all. I'll take this over no Crash. Yeah, because we we don't have much of this genre. Um, and I'm glad it is developer toys for Bob because that was the team that people worried about got reassigned to, like Call of Duty, Duty. I said that twice. What else do, do they make? Why, why well, they because make? they made a really great game with Crash Bandicoot 4. But this was the team that Activision's like, oh, we're going to assign them to do uh, Call of Duty. But they just Duty. made a remake, wasn't it? No, Crash Team. The original? Crash Bandicoot 4 is an original game. Okay. It was it's just, it was a... Uh, I forgot the tagline, what it was. Crash Bandicoot 4... Uh, it was like something... Not Rift Apart, that's freaking Ratchet and Clank. I forgot, the ta- I, got, I forgot the tagline, but it was a new... Like the first new Crash game like in years. Uh, then I got something wrong in the DMs because... I think I said 2017, but 17 might have been just the remake. Yeah, they did the insane. Tri- they came out. They yeah, did insane trilogy. trilogy. Yeah, yeah. But then they came out with a real so true when sequel. Was that? This was, I believe, this was 2020. That made more sense because they came out right around the time that we were playing. You and I were both playing. Um, oh shoot, what's that creepy game with the little dog kid that jumps? It goes from place to place. We were both playing at the same time. It was a sequel, something too. Yeah, uh, I know what you mean. Uh, why can't I remember the name? With the with the raincoat. Yes, yes. I forgot the name, but it came around that around that same time, which was twenty twenty, like a month after that, probably. Uh, oh, fuck, it's right there. Little Nightmare, Little, Little Nightmares, Nightmares too. Here, yeah. yeah, so that's when it came out. So that yeah, so it's nice to see the team is actually still working on Crash, doing Crash stuff. So. Hopefully, they can do Crash Bandicoot Five. At some so point. yeah, this genre we have stuff like uh. What is it called? The uh, like the gummy bears, uh, beast, beast bears, gang beast, gang beast. I never got to play it. That looks fucking great. It's a funny. It's it's a fun game when you're playing it with like a lot of people because it's just frustrating, but it's equally frustrating for everyone in a fun way. But but still, that's just a fighting game. The closest mm-hmm. thing to Crash Rumble is Mario Party. Well, Gang Beast is about knocking off everybody else and you being the last person on the platform. Yeah, it's it's not even the same thing. Yeah. This is more straight up like you're trying to collect the most Wampa fruit by a certain given amount of time or something. Mm-hmm. All right. Armor Core, Johnny. Fires of Rubicon. So this was when it's the From Software logo came up. I was like, what is this? Because I forgot this franchise existed. Up until we saw, like, the first giant mech, and not the one with the backpack in the box. I mean, like, the actual, like, fighting one. Mm-hmm. Once we saw the big-ass fighting mech, I'm like, oh, snap, this is Armor Core. Like, we haven't seen Armor Core since 2012. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, 2013, uh, Armor Core Verdict Day, which was, a, yeah, the last one. Uh, so for those of you guys who don't know, Armor Core is a mech, basically a mech genre. It was huge on PS2. There's, like, eight or seven of these games on PS2. And then PS3, I think it was only Armored Core 4. 
And then they kind of took a break until Armored Core 5, which was in 2013 for PS4. So this was a franchise that had a very strong beginning and kind of just petered out over time. This probably had the same popularity as during the time of Ace Combat. That's a very apt comparison. I think you're right. I think that would be a good... I mean, they both have AC as their, as their abbreviations. I don't know if that's like, you know, like in your brain somewhere you Maybe. made a connection. Synapses just... They just fired up, yeah. But uh, this looks dope. It looks really sick. We haven't had a good, honest, good, like, Armored Core game in, I'd say, more than 10 years. More than the last one. So there's no gameplay, but the showcase for this thing was amazing. Impressive. I'm very excited about it because we've seen what FromSoft... I mean, they just won Game of the Year. But the way they present this, I love it because it's the way you would do a, a showcase for a car, right? Like, first they give you these tiny little glimpses into corners and... Like a little bit of the light oh, here and there, contours. The contours on the side, and then they and then they reveal the whole thing. <laughs> they take off the fucking veil and they show you the, the whole thing. The, we call it like the blanket thing. The yeah, and imagine it's it's like the car is suddenly running down the fucking highway. Mm-hmm. It's it has the same vibe, right? Mm-hmm. And it feels it feels so industrial, dude. It does. It's a very post it's like a post apocalyptic machine, like very yeah. grimy. This is like the apex of the fucking military here. Yeah, like, it felt very grimy, very very industrial, very yeah. It feels it kinda reminds me of Real Steel. Remember that movie Real Steel with the f- boxing robots? Oh. But like it, like that kind of future where it's like mechs are like the focal point of society kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or kind of like a Pacific Rim kind of thing. It's sort also. of like they've like they've discovered the optimal platform for mm-hmm. battle and they're yes. all there's this arms race to build the best mech right maybe it's just because in this past year i've really become a big gundam fan but like this has me very excited because it, it kind of scratches that niche where i want like a triple a gundam game but it's not gundam but it's filling that void sort of this is the best you're gonna get as probably. far as gundam this is the closest you're gonna get so. probably so uh shout out to them for finally bringing this franchise back and i mean they they're two-time game of the year award winners so like the team they have now I'm sure it's going to deliver a phenomenal Armored Core game. For what game? Armored Core. No, the game of the word. The game of the year again. Elden Ring. Oh, that's right. Elden Ring and Sekiro, both are from software games. Uh, Bandai, right? Namco Bandai, that's right. That's the publisher, yeah. They're the publisher only, though. Okay. So, uh, and then the last one was Final Fantasy XVI, which was the last game trailer they showed. Uh, Of course, that's day one for me, June 22nd next year. Uh, if you're, if you're about Final Fantasy, then I don't need to sell you on this. You're already, you already know what it is. If you're not, if you're not a Final Fantasy fan, this is probably the most action-y Final Fantasy game I've seen in a while. It looks very kinetic, very frantic. It has like this, they have like this old English kind of fantasy thing going on with like the story. I never understood that. Like they go from one. Extreme. From one timeline and aesthetic to another. Well, I keep telling you, none of the games are related to each other. Like Final Fantasy isn't a one story; it's a like it's almost like a attitude or like a theme. Like nothing to do with Cloud or Sephiroth, right? That's Final Fantasy VII at all. No, nothing at all. This is like nine entries later. Has nothing to do with Final Fantasy VII. This is a completely new universe. It's like if the MCU moved, if the MCU reinvented the universe every single time they made a new movie. That's nuts. None of the Final Fantasy games are related to each other, other than like thematics. So there's no characters there's no timeline or anything that no. travels through any nope. of these nope nope i had no fucking idea they're all standalone 
It's like if um, I'm trying to think of another example. But I mean, there's got to be some consistency, right? Like, there's got to be a type of magic that's always there. Yeah, black magic and white magic. Mm-hmm. Or like I told you, like oh, like there's Ifrit, there's Shiva, there's Odin, the big guy with the horse and like yeah, the yeah. thing. Odin, he's like in every Final Fantasy game. Okay, so there's a little bit of a cohesion. But it's always a different, like it's always a different design, and he never serves like the same purpose. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like Thor in the MCU is different from Thor from God of War Ragnarok, right? Yeah. So these are different interpretations of the same character. Okay? That's mm-hmm. the same thing with Final Fantasy and the summons. Like, those summons, which are Garuda, Ifrit, Shiva, they're in every Final Fantasy game, but they're, like, never the same character. They're just different reimaginings of the same character. I like using that word. I like using that word for Johnny. All right. So, Johnny, there's our announcements, our big award winners. I think that's enough Game Awards talk for now, don't you think? Johnny just nodded. Uh, there's some games I don't think you covered. Are you sure about that? Okay, which ones? Well, there's Horizons TLC. We mentioned that. Didn't we? Oh, we didn't mention that. You're right. I'm sorry. That wasn't... Okay, I didn't see on the list. Right, we're heading down to Los Angeles, LA, Hollywood. Hollywood, yeah. You recognize it because uh, Tower Records. I saw the Capitol Records. Capitol Records. Capitol Records building with the... It's like the with the white layers. It's a cake. Yeah, it's like a tiered cake. Yeah, I'm like, isn't that Capitol Records? I'm like, no, but that's in Los Angeles. That's not San Francisco. I was like, oh, when they saw the Hollywood sign, I'm like, oh, we're heading south, south of the border. Doesn't it feel weird to see the sign there? It feels. I, don't I feel if- like that sign would have long since been like it's like what cardboard or no? I'm sorry, it's like wood, right? Well, there could be a tribe that worships it, and they just the Hollywood sign. It. Yeah, I feel like that would have been knocked down so long ago because it's just a sign. Like, we have the Golden Gate Bridge and all these other things, like, falling apart. Maybe not, because it's at the top of the mountain. Like, it's undisturbed, like, out of the way? Yeah. Maybe. And they leave it because it's, like, remnants of the ancients. I figure they probably just leave it just because, you know, that way you know you're in L.A. Yeah, <laughs> like, so, realistically. So, what do you expect to see out of it? New machines. I, fuck, I really want to see... Uh, I want to know where they go with it, because you have to imagine, is it post-game? DLC or is it like it going to be woven into the narrative of the like the middle of the game like Frozen Wilds takes place during the game right not after it sits very well it sits like one third of the way no no two thirds two thirds of the way into the game okay uh do you think they're gonna do that again here where they're gonna enter like weave it with like like this doesn't take place after the final boss no, I want it to take place after because no, I'm not asking you what you want. I'm saying, do you think? Like, what would be the reason for Aloy to head down to LA? She's rebuilding. She's got to build forces. But okay, okay, oh, okay. You think she's gonna go recruit? Like, yeah, she's got to pick up tribes. Okay, maybe. Uh, so it doesn't make sense for me to, for it to be in the middle of the game. Well, well, let's okay. Let's talk about something we do see in the trailer. She is riding the like pterodactyl, which you don't get to like very, very close to the end of the game, right? Yeah. So I think this is a hint. It's either right after the game or very close to the end because it's like in Avatar, right? Where she tries to mount it. She tries to claim it. Okay, you know, like Avatar, they do the thing with the hair thing to like me- like mind meld with like the flying creatures. She does that in this game, but like very, very late, like towards the end of the game. It just makes more sense for me to be entirely after the game. I, that's what I would want. That's what I would want because I'm very curious how we would continue the story. Because we're a long way from the third game, obviously, right? But I, in the meantime, I want to know what is Aloy doing in the in between two and three. 
So I want to know where it's in the map. L.A. South. No. Southwest. In the actual map, literally, like in south the map. of San Francisco. Where's that? San so Francisco is the western side of the map, completely the western side of the map. So below all that ocean. Yeah. How does that fit on the damn map? Oh no, dude! I don't think you're gonna. I don't think it's all gonna fit on the same game map. I that, think you're gonna have well, like that's what partitions. Maybe you like flip the map over and there's like, oh, here's the LA. So it, it won't be connected to. I it. don't think so, unless they do. Okay, so unless they do what we do with U.S. maps, where you know you have the continental United States, mm-hmm. and then you have that one square that shows Hawaii and Alaska. I prefer that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That one square, like Alaska is way up here, uh-huh. but sometimes for the sake of the space on the map. They'll partition Alaska into a separate separate box on the map. Yeah. So they might just do that. Well, the reason I'm saying it, why I put more emphasis on it, is because when I play these games, they're gonna be in my in my head for fucking years, right? Yeah. And before I get off them, I try to figure out spatial as awareness. Much as, yeah, spatial yeah. awareness and what's going on with the lore and hints, right? So when you walk around the map, you look at other little sections where you're like, hmm, that looks like they could have DLC in that section, right? Oh, Because you okay. look into the distance and you see buildings, you see li- yeah. things a little bit more cluttered. They're doing that with Elden Ring where, like, there's this coliseum in this part of the map that no, there's nothing there. And yeah. now we found out, oh, that's where that that's where the new DLC oh, is. Okay. That coliseum that was unused, like, it's yeah. being used now. Yeah, so uh, for, for Horizon, when I looked at the spot, uh, other players pointed this out. Where it looks like there would be DLC is actually up north. That's why I was asking. Opposite like, direction. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, of course, I want new bots, new biomes. It'll be interesting to see, like, uh, the, um, the what's it called? The telescope mm-hmm. in Griffith Park. Oh, yeah, the observation. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that, it'd be nice to see the pier in Santa The Griffith Monica. Observatory. Yeah, uh, Santa Monica Pier would be nice. That would be funny. Of course, I want to have missions in in the middle of the city with the big ass. I think towers. that would make sense because let's say Aloy is like going for like downtown LA is full of museums. Uh-huh. Like you have LACMA, you have the Science Center, you have the Natural History Museum. I want to see that. Oh, I want to see the space shuttle. I feel like that would make you could definitely link that up with the whole. Um, what was the project called with like the space thing? The... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could Hell definitely yeah. link. You could definitely That's link great. that together. I think. Show me the natural history museum. Show me some dinosaurs. Dinosaur fossils. Some old school dinosaur fossils. And then mixed in with like Max machines, like dinosaur machines. Yes, that could be cool. That could be cool. So, and then of course we see the giant, like the one you said at the end of the game, the giant like mech spider thing or whatever it is, the big mechanical like gar- behemoth thing with like the. So tentacles, or what do you want to call it? It's like a, it's like a ruin in the main game. So I want to know if that's actually an enemy. I'm pretty sure it is, because you know if you play the game, you actually go up to the mechs and you put batteries in them. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're the one in control. You mm-hmm. actually can you put your spear in it. Yeah, you put your damn spear in it, and it's like Aloy might be in control of these things because she needs recruitments for the She's invading LA with a giant mech spider. Thing. Well, I don't think it'll be that. I think uh-huh. Okay. I think maybe she's like, "Hey, I can get this mech go- this machine going for the future battle." Mm-hmm. So, in this DLC, she's getting all the resources. We're seeing how she does that. To to lift this machine out of its out of its uh Decomp- decomposed like state. Uh, it's slumber. Yeah hibernation whatever mm-hmm. all maybe right. all right all right johnny so that's it for announcements now for sure this time let's move on to our final story um 
as in the ever go ongoing saga of the Activision Blizzard acquisition. <laughs> There's still something in a car. Oh, what did I miss? Star Wars. Oh, you're why am I? Okay, you're right. Yeah. You should have told me that before I made the transition to my stones. But yeah, we had the trailer for uh, Jedi Survivor, right? We see the guy who plays Cal Kestis came out on stage, had a lightsaber, talked about how much fun it is to make, and that it's coming out in, was it March or April? Do you remember? It was March or June. Oh, I think it was June then. I think it was June then. I yeah, think you're right. you said, oh, it's a long time. Yeah. I think it is June, and uh, we saw more of the gameplay, which looks phenomenal compared to the previous game. A lot more like acrobatic lightsaber usage. Yeah, traversal looks a little more fun. interesting. Enemy types. We have more battle droids, different variants of like st- stormtroopers and stuff. It looks looks really polished, looks really clean. Yeah, I think that's why it's just so far away because they really want this to be special, and it looks really special. So, um, looking forward to Jedi Survivor. Is that it now, Johnny? Well, that was the last one, but I mean, how do you really feel about the game? Is there anywhere you want them to take it? I want to know what how they're going to integrate Cal Kestis with the rest of the Star Wars lore because, like, a lot of people are joke about how, like, when Yoda tells Luke, like, when I'm gone, like, the last Jedi you'll be, and it's like, dude, like, you have Ahsoka, you have Ezra from Rebels, you have like Cal Kestis who's still unaccounted for, like, where's Cal's story going to ultimately end up, like? You have to imagine he's not going to survive past A New Hope, right? He's not. He's going to either die in this game or he has to die at some point. Because Star Wars has this issue where, like, it introduces new Jedi characters, but it doesn't resolve them because, like, we don't know what happens to them. And it just makes the movies weird because Luke is talked up as, like, the last hope. But, like, yeah, like, four Jedi unaccounted for in his timeline. You know what I mean? (laughs) They're just, like... Who knows if they're alive or dead or not? Because they don't like confirm like these characters already died or something. Like, for example, in Rise of Skywalker, like there's a part where Ray's listening to all the voices of the past Jedi. Ray doesn't count. And one of no, hold on, she's listening to the voices of the past Jedi, the ones who've died. Mm-hmm. And we hear Ahsoka's voice, and there's like, oh, like Ahsoka's definitely dead by the time Rise of Skywalker comes out, or like you know takes place. But like she's still alive in like the Mandalorian and stuff, so it's like. Are they going to show us how they kill her off? Like, is she going to die? Are we going to get, like, a final conclusion? Or are they just going to keep milking her? For Rey? No, for Ahsoka. For Ahsoka, okay. Are they just going to keep milking her character because they refuse to put her down? Even though okay. we know she has to die by the time we get to Episode Nine. You know what I'm saying? So we have, like, all these Jedi who are alive during Luke's time. Because we see Ahsoka in Mandalorian, which takes place after Return of the Jedi. So Luke, or, so the Emperor and Vader are already dead, but Ahsoka is still alive. Where do you think they'll kill Ahsoka? Do you think they'll kill her in Mandalorian? I think she probably has to die when Kylo Ren destroys the like the temple and like gets rid of all the Jedi or whatever before Force Awakens, before Episode Seven. That's so weird because yeah, it's it's like they have all these timelines and loops going on where it's like, is Kylo gonna re? his role and then meet Ahsoka a young Kylo Ren yeah maybe they could do that but Cal Kestis is like okay we're really excited about this character but it's like we know he's gonna die he has to die because there's no more Jedi in the future you've already shown us the future with the sequel trilogy we already know what happens to all the Jedi so it's like you know what I mean like it feels weird to kind of like I don't know guys like what's he up to but I mean 
he could always just go into the shadows and then mentor in the background. I guess. Just like that's lazy Yoda. writing, but I guess they could do it's that. It's Yoda's storyline. Yeah, but Yoda's storyline was already established in the original movies. That's true. Before there was a prequel, before there was a sequel trilogy. So Or they could make him a Alright. They can make him a bitch like they made a Luke. Like they made Luke drinking the fucking milk. <laughs> Alright, Giants, move on. Let's move on. Uh it's getting late, so I'm tr- I'm trying to and they go home and make dinner and stuff. And anyways, this going the story comes from CNBC, a favorite of Johnny's. CNBC. It's NBC. It's the uh, corporate like part of NBC. I wasn't done talking shit about Star Wars. That's okay. We'll have a time. For, we'll have time for that later. It says FTC sues to block Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Let's get into it, Johnny. It says the Federal Trade Commission said on Thursday, so that's today. It has filed an antitrust case against Microsoft to challenge the software maker's attempt to acquire video game publisher Activision Blizzard, claiming it would violate U.S. law. This isn't Microsoft's first time dealing with competitive pressure. In 1998, the U.S. Justice Department filed a broad antitrust case against the company. Microsoft changed some practices related to its Windows operating system business as a result. Regulators in the United Kingdom are looking into whether the Activision Blizzard acquisition would lessen competition in the country. Microsoft announced plans to acquire Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion in January, with the goal of closing it by June 2023. The deal has come under pressure from Microsoft's competitors in gaming, such as Sony. Microsoft has repeatedly said it won't be the world's leader in gaming if the deal were to close, and it has vowed to provide popular Call of Duty games on gaming platforms other than those owned by Microsoft. We continue to believe that this deal will expand competition and create more opportunities for gamers and game developers, Brad Smith, Microsoft's vice chair and president, said in a statement. We have been committed since day one to addressing competitive concerns, including by offering earlier this week proposed concessions to the FTC. While we believed in gaming peace a chance, we have complete confidence in our case and welcome the opportunity to present our case in court. That almost sounds kind of threatening in a way, Johnny, don't you think? While we believed in giving peace a chance, like, are you about to declare war or what? That's like that sounds like the preamble to like like we pursued peace now we pursue war like <laughs> I mean sound like Spartans like Spartans which is appropriate because you know why Spartan one one seven Master Chief yes yeah. all right FTC commissioners voted three to one to move forward with the agency's administrative complaint which will go before the FTC's internal administrative law judge. In that process, the ALJ makes an initial decision after a trial-like proceeding. The respondent or FTC staff serve as complaint counsel can choose to appeal the initial decision to the full commission for a vote. After that, the respondent could still ask a federal appeals court to review the commission's order. This sounds like very tiring. You're just going back and forth, back and forth. Quote, Sorry, that was my phone. Quote, with control of Activision's content, Microsoft would have the ability and increased incentive to withhold or degrade Activision's content in ways that substantially lessen competition, including competition on product quality, price, and innovation, the FTC said in its complaint. This loss of competition would likely result in significant harm to consumers in multiple markets at a pivotal time for the industry. In the the statement, the FTC said Microsoft has a record 
including with its 2021 ZeniMax deal of buying games and using the moves to suppress competition from other companies that make consoles. Microsoft promised the European Commission antitrust officials that the company wouldn't have an incentive to stop people from playing ZeniMax games on consoles other than the Xbox. But after the European Commission permitted the deal to proceed, Microsoft announced that it was making ZeniMax games such as Elder Scrolls 6, Redfall, and Starfield into exclusives, the FTC said in its suit. So basically, if you're if you're still with me, Johnny, then Microsoft originally told them, like, yeah, like we're gonna make games available on other stuff, but since they said that, they've confirmed <laughs> that Elder Scrolls 6 is Xbox exclusive, Redfall is Xbox exclusive, and Starfield is Xbox exclusive. So mm-hmm. FTC's like, ah, you went back on what you originally told us. Like you've changed your mind. So now we have the grounds to sue for like these new basically announcing like plans that are in contrary to what you originally told this like governing body. Mm-hmm. The FTC said that Activision Blizzard has brought its games to a variety of devices, it, irrespective of their manufacturers, but that might change if Microsoft were to complete the deal. Microsoft could adjust prices or worsen the experience on competing hardware such as Sony PlayStation consoles or keep Activision Blizzard consoles from reaching consoles. They say it twice. Or keep Activision Blizzard consoles from reaching consoles. That must be a typo. I mean games. Software from reaching consoles other than Microsoft Xbox systems, the agency said. So this was something I was thinking about too, Johnny. We're like, like, sure, we'll promise, we promise we'll give you Call of Duty for the next 10 years. It's probably not going to be the ideal port of Call of Duty. Well, wasn't Stadia complaining about this because they said that uh, Xbox was giving them an inferior version? Or that Google. They were- throttling well stadia yeah but i think they were talking about their desktop um uh interface was it stadia well google owns stadia yeah but i think they were talking specifically about how game pass wasn't doesn't work ideally with like uh it's not optimized or yeah throttled yes yes that's shady business practice because it's it's like saying like sure we'll give you the thing but we're gonna give you like a worse version of the version. Yeah. yeah so uh Back to what I was reading. It says, Microsoft does offer titles that are exclusive to the Xbox. And in October, Phil Spencer, CEO of gaming at Microsoft, pointed out that Sony has its own set of exclusive franchises. But over time, Microsoft has brought games such as Minecraft to other devices. He argued that it's important for more people, not less, to play games the company owns. Microsoft is seeking to add subscribers to its Game Pass service that provides access to hundreds of games the Game Pass Ultimate subscription tier also allows people to play games that stream from Microsoft data centers on a variety of devices, including smartphones. The FTC said in its case that the proposed acquisition is reasonably likely to reduce competition or bring about monopolies in the markets for gaming subscription services, cloud gaming, and high-performance consoles. Quote, we want Call of Duty to be enjoyed by more players around the world. That requires COD being on diverse platforms after the merger of Microsoft and Activision Blizzard. Lulu Chang Mezzeri, Activision's, exec- exec- sorry. Activision's Executive Vice President for Corporate Affairs and Communications Chief said in a tweet. All right, John, I'm going to start right here because this is a very long article and I can't keep up with all of this. It's a very, very long article. The main issue here. Is essentially that Microsoft originally told the FTC, like, hey, like, we're going to provide these games. We're like, we're up after. So when they acquired Bethesda, this goes back to the Bethesda, the ZeniMax acquisition, where they said, yeah, like, we're buying ZeniMax, which includes, you know, id software that makes Doom, includes uh, the main one, Bethesda, the one we'll talk about, Bethesda, 
it included um arcane was it arcane right i think it was arcane yeah arcane that's blizzard right no arcane are the ones who did um death loop because remember how oh, they okay. we joked about how they own death loop technically but still a ps5 exclusive remember back then yeah they they also own crash bandicoot that's part of activision. the activision blizzard yeah. we're not there yet okay so they own all. They told the FTC back then, back in last year, like, "Hey, like, yeah, we're taking these, we're taking these companies, but we're gonna make these games available." And since then, they've confirmed that Starfall is an Xbox exclusive. Redfall, which is that vampire one, the hunting, the uh, vampire hunting one, exclusive to Xbox, and um, what was oh, Elder Scrolls Six, whatever that's gonna be, is exclusive to Xbox. So they've basically announced. How they kind of done a 180 on their well, what they promised the FTC, the Federal Trade Communication, the Federal Trade, uh, no, I'm sorry, Federal Trade Commission. Commission. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So that's what the main issue is. The FTC is like, ah, oh, you lied to us. Now we're going to sue, and now Microsoft finds itself very unlikely, still possible, but very unlikely that they might actually get Activision Blizzard, Johnny. I know I just spoke a lot. Wait, you said it's unlikely, but it's very possible? It's possible. Like, nothing's ruled out, but it seems unlikely, I think, at this point. I feel like this deal is going to fall apart either here or somewhere else. Okay. What do you think about this? I know I just said a lot of stuff, but hopefully you are able to keep up. What do you think? Do you think they... Because they, this article doesn't mention it, but they just promised Nintendo, like, you're getting Call of Duty also. Right. Yeah. As sort of a way to be like, hey, PlayStation, like it's not just you. We're gonna give Nintendo also we're extending ten years of Call of Duty to Nintendo. So you can't be like, oh, only we have Call of Duty. Like, no, if we're putting it on Nintendo, we're putting it on PC, like like they're just kinda trying to disarm PlayStation of their argument in a way, of like potential ammo. Pun pun intended. How's that disarm PlayStation of it? Because like- now like they can't say that like us having Call of Duty is a guarantee that we're going to monopolize. Like, no, we we're doing a ten year deal with Nintendo. So, like, even if you don't feel like doing it, we're going to show you that we're still like legit about spreading Call of Duty across all the brands. I want to know why Nintendo took the deal. Like, what kind of? Because that's just free passive income, dude. That's just free. Like, they have nothing to do. All they do is just like allow the publishing. They have nothing to do. Like, that's like free income. No, for sure, but. What if that just crushes Nintendo in the future? How so? Well, if they become a fucking monopoly and then PlayStation is having a hard time competing, like they're, they're claiming, let's just fucking say Sony collapses and then Nintendo is just left to compete with Microsoft. I don't know. I'm just trying to put yeah, out I don't follow. I'm scenarios sorry. because like to me, Nintendo does something totally fucking different, right? Mm-hmm. They're not even... They're really not in competition with Microsoft. They make totally different games. Yeah, that's the argument that PlayStation made makes sense. Like, like when they say, like, oh, like PlayStation, you can succeed. Nintendo doesn't have Call of Duty this whole time, and they've been doing well. And PlayStation's like, that's not the same scenario because Nintendo's in a completely different niche. Yeah, I'm right? trying to be devil's advocate, but for Nintendo to have Call of Duty doesn't prove anything for me. For first of as all, far as, first of all, there's no way that that's like the optimized version of Call of exactly Duty. Exactly where I was going with it, like. Who gives a shit if Call of Duty is on Nintendo? If it's it's probably like Warzone. It's probably Warzone, and it's probably not running off the hardware. It's running off a of cloud. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cloud somewhere. Yeah. So that really doesn't. I yeah. I agree. I I don't really think that that uh like 
uh, we call it Olive Branch or whatever. Not even close. Is anywhere like near like legitimate. No. But that's in their eyes, they're thinking like this to the less knowing governing bodies are going to think as like, oh, like, okay, well, there you go. And like, so, oh, they're sharing. Yeah. Yeah, but on a technical level, maybe they don't know, like, oh, this is... It's not possible to run, like, the campaign for Modern Warfare 2, which, yeah. by the way, is, like, I don't know how many hundreds of gigs, to run that on the Switch just because they technically can run it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, like, a subpar experience, so... Yeah, I mean... It's this some... really feels like when you're, like, um... What's the phrase? Like, the, the spirit of the law kind of thing, where, like, you're not really fulfilling. You're not really coming through. You're kind of just on paper... Fulfilling, like, a requirement. Nintendo has a hard enough time streaming, like, heavy narrative games. They're just one player. Control. Yeah, like Control. Mm -hmm. And now they expect... Kingdom Hearts. The Kingdom Hearts uh, trilogy that runs horribly on there because it's through cloud servers. Yeah, now they expect Call of Duty, which is, like, visually intensive, right? Mm -hmm. Plus have multiple fucking gamers on a lobby. Like, that's, that shit ain't gonna run. Well, I mean, that's done all on the... That's not done on the Nintendo side. The servers are all on the... And they just stream it. Call of Duty side, yeah. But um, then, uh, Activision side, I'm but sorry. But then why are they having a hard time with a game that has, like, one player? No, yeah, yeah. No, that's... No, you're talking... but Because you're, you're talking about lobbies. I'm like, lobbies, that's, like, a server thing that's, like, separate. Mm-hmm. You're talking about... Now you're talking... When you say the single-player thing, you're talking about the fidelity, the visual fidelity, and the, the frame, frame rate. rate, and all that stuff that's just... Ch- Freaking Pokemon Scarlet and Violet we just talked about, like, yeah. dude, like, this thing is not optimized for Call of Duty. So this olive branch of, like, we're offering you guys this thing as, like, hey, Sony, look what we're doing. It's just it's just in bad faith. Okay, so the whole thing with this deal is uh, I feel like it's better than the devil I know than the one I don't. Yeah, I knew we were going to talk about this. So this is the least worst scenario with Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard, that is one reason I do want it to go through because at least Activision Blizzard seems like it looks like it wants to be purchased. Mm-hmm. And it's not too discriminate about who does it, it looks like. Yeah. So if it falls through, they're wide open for acquisition by Tencent or NetEase or one of the you know foreign bodies of their involved in gaming. Because even mentioned not in this report but another report, like they're third. Even if they acquired Activision Blizzard, they would still be third place. And they said third place behind PlayStation and then behind Tencent in terms of acquisitions. So, they, like you said, it 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 would be better at least as us who live in the Western world, right? The way we perceive through our own bias, it is better for this deal to go through. Because and even even Microsoft itself has mentioned. Like, we are the, like, least worst acquirers of this because... It yeah, take, they did say it themselves. Because they mentioned, like, uh, the other influ- other influential bodies out there who would per- do the purchase. Because remember they said, oh, we're good for America, for Western gaming. Remember you said they said that? Yeah, okay. Obviously, I'm a fucking fan of PlayStation. Mm-hmm. For me, primarily, it'd be optimal if PlayStation had Activision Blizzard, right? No but- way. No money. No way. Yeah, yeah, but I still don't want like any type of merger. Or I don't want Sony to make this acquisition, right? I rather nobody just have it and they stand independent. And then the second option for me is like, okay, Microsoft, you can have it. And the scenario there is just like Microsoft makes it an exclusive, right? Mm-hmm. And then PlayStation maybe has a harder time competing with them. But then if somebody along comes along like Tencent, it's like what the fuck? There's so many scenarios Tencent could open up. It's like 
are they going to share it with all the consoles? Are they going to end up making their own console? Or are they just going to make it exclusive to Xbox? Like, mm-hmm. so many scenarios open up where I'm like, there's, there's too much fucking chaos going on. I'd rather go with the scenario where I know Microsoft will just make it exclusive. Fuck it. It remains our company. It remains an American company. Right? It really is a, like, scenario of uh, the uh, unintended consequences. Where you're trying to stop something and you're just causing something worse by not allowing it to happen kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I completely agree. So... That's what's going on with the FTC uh, going after Microsoft for backing down on their original claims of what they were going to do with uh, Bethesda and ZeniMax. So. Yeah, I mean, if, right now I think Sony should just cut their losses. Stop fighting it. Yeah. Yeah, just let it happen because y- you don't want to leave a, vo- a, like a power vacuum kind of situation. Exactly. I mean, at least if Sony would just take that 10-year you know, contract, mm-hmm. they'd at least have 10 years, whereas uh, Tencent... <laughs> they're they not gonna... at least have 10 years over 10 cent yeah yeah, yeah. 10 cent who knows they might not get shit sony might not get any type of deal out of that would be a great headlines like 10 years or 10 cent all right john let's wrap this up well you can write that article you write articles that is true i just wrote my 100th article actually for uh, geek news now which is really cool johnny let's wrap this up here do we have time to talk about what we've been playing i think we do real quick yeah what have you been playing nothing all right, that was quick. <laughs> I have been playing serious. I've been playing a couple games, but seriously, I've been playing Marvel's Midnight Suns. Okay. Midnight Suns by your uh, beloved Firaxis slash Two K. I do like that studio. Marvel's for Midnight Sun. I was about to say Firaxis. Marvel's Midnight Suns is a surprisingly delightful game. I this was a game like when we saw back a while. I was like, I don't know. I kind of warmed up to it after a while. I'm like, this looks kind of fun. Because I love like strategy RPG kind of things. It's very much in the vein of XCOM where you're moving units around. Um, there's like different factors thrown in. You're like in a fixed like map field kind of thing. It feels like XCOM mixed with Slay the Spire because there is like a card mechanic mm-hmm. where you receive cards every turn. I don't know if XCOM does that. Probably not. But you receive cards every turn and these cards pertain to your different characters. So you have like three main characters uh i'm sorry not three main characters you have three characters you play as during any given like battle okay uh it's a mixture yeah you got iron man wolverine blade ghost rider nico from the runaways um some other characters on captain america all these different characters right all these marvel characters and like each one has a very specific sort of like role to play like dr strange is a very much a support character where he has all, all his, most of his cards are like buffs. So like, oh, reduce damage or improve damage. Uh, like extra like layer or an extra, um, maybe for one turn you have extra cards in your hand or something. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like maneuvering around this battlefield and they keep like adding, like depending on what the objective is, because there's always a different objective. Sometimes it's as simple as kill all the enemies. Sometimes it's like, kill this particular enemy to then take this thing they're regarding within three turns or something. And then sometimes it's like extract this wounded character and protect them, like defend them from getting knocked out from waves of enemies for like a certain amount of waves. Okay. So I don't know if any of these scenarios sound familiar, but this is kind of what there's, it's much more than just, Oh, kill like wipe out all the bad guys. There's usually some kind of like win condition 
And there's also fail conditions. Like if you lose all your characters or um, you don't do this by a certain point, like that's an automatic fail or something like that. So it's a really interesting story. But the best part of the game isn't even the combat. It really is like the social aspect of the game. Because in between these like fights, you're at this like mansion. It's not the X-Men mansion. It's not that one. But you're like at this, it's called the Abbey which is where the Midnight Suns were like the mystical Marvel like heroes have like their base. But like you have an original character that you make your own and you like interact with these Marvel characters, which is really cool because if you're like a Marvel fan, then it's like extra cool. Right. But like they'll have like issues where like, I don't want to give spoilers so much, but certain there's like factions start to form within the group where like the Avengers are very much, a part of this group and they are have a very old way old school way of thinking and then like the younger like 20s teen like characters have their own faction where they see like the the avengers as like boomers kind of in a way but like they each have very valid like reasons for doing certain things and it's like like oh you guys want to like this is my minor spoilers for like the first act of the game but like the avengers want to go save the hulk from something but then when the younger guys, when the younger team lost Scarlet Witch to something, like, they, no one cared to, like, do anything about Scarlet Witch. So they kind of have, like, the, it's, it's really weird, but they have, like, there's a very, like, engrossing story developing in the background of just playing the game. So is the writing good? Because it sounds I, like, who wouldn't want to go back for Scarlet Witch? Hmm? Who wouldn't want to go back for Scarlet Witch? Well, because they talk about, like, how she's very, like, like dangerous and very, like, we can't control her. She's, like, very, like... The writing doesn't feel like teen writing? Like teenage drama? Uh... That's a yes. Sort of, maybe, I guess. But I think the characterization of the characters themselves individually, like... For example, like, uh, the ghostwriter here isn't uh, the, the Nicolas Cage one. It's uh, Robbie Reyes, which is, like, the Hispanic ghostwriter. Mm-hmm. And, like, he has, like... Um, they talk he talks about like oh man like i don't know if i like oh i don't know if i fit in around the avengers like they're like these great heroes and like i'm just i feel like so left out and like so there'll be moments where you get you have like one-on-one that's con- weird no it's really cool i think it's yeah but ghost rider is such a gruff type of person no this is a different go- there's more than one ghost rider oh, okay, okay. right like there's more than one ant-man there's more than one. this is like i said this is robbie ray is the the one you're thinking of of um I can never remember his name. He's more like a Wolverine type of character. Yeah, but he's also older too. Yeah, yeah. He's much older in this like story. Okay. He's like the guy on the motorcycle who's like a lone ranger yeah, kind of character. Yeah, yeah. This this guy, he has like a hot rod and like his spirit of vengeance is tied to his car. Robbie Reyes is like a different kind of ghost. There's like three main ghostwriter, I think, in the main Marvel canon. Okay. So he's like the second one. And then, like, he talks about, like, how he doesn't fit in with Iron Man and, like, Captain America, who, like, these people who have defeated Thanos. So that's like, already, like, establishing the story. Like, this, like, like they've been around for a while. And then we have, like, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, right? He comes in, and he's, like, such a big Tony Stark fanboy and stuff like that. And so, like, they'll have, like, arguments and, like, clearly certain characters have a certain preference for other characters and stuff. Like, Blade has a crush on Captain Marvel. And, like, it's all these, like, social interactions that kind of... The game has a very fun, like, loop, game loop, where you go do a mission, right? Go to a mission, you recover resources that you then use to upgrade the Abbey, okay? You come, you upgrade the Abbey, and you get, like, um, I don't okay, know. So the Abbey... is you like, your hub. A, but you said it was a mansion. So it's like it? a mansion. It's like a, it's like a mansion that has, like, a chapel attached to it. 
What upgrades are we talking like turrets or walls? Or... No, you're not doing like tower defense. Uh-huh. It's more like things that improve other things. Like, oh, if you upgrade this certain thing, now like your cards have this improved like buff or secondary effect. All right. Or if you increase this, like you'll get better loot from now on. Or like now this this certain character will like go have more positive re- reactions with them kind of thing. So you're upgrading Abby, but not really. You're upgrading your characters. You're upgrading. Yes, you do upgrade your characters. They have like a certain like kind of affinity with your character, like your relationship. And then the stronger friendship you have with the characters, they have more like passive oh, abilities the during combat system. Yeah, that's on XCOM. Okay. Yeah. So when you have stronger like friendships, like oh, you want to give them a gift or something. Do they also panic when one of them dies? No, because there's no permadeath. Mm. There's okay. no permadeath in this game at all. That's not even an option. Okay. So do they panic? No, but like you, like oh, like you want to hang out with this one character? Like okay, you do your hangout, you get this much like base like friendship growth. But then like depending on your what you say like during that hangout, you'll get like a stronger response or like a negative response. And then you can give them like a gift at the end, which kind of like boosts their friendship more. And the more bond you have with them, like they're more likely to get critical hits, or they're more likely to have like these really good like passive secondary abilities. So there's like reasons for you to the game loop the, the feedback loop is do a mission, come back, socialize, use your resources from the mission to invest in stuff, and then run another mission. So it's like a very addictive kind of feed feed uh feedback kind of loop thing, which I'm really enjoying. I'm really enjoying the game overall. The only thing I have an issue with is that it's only a current gen exclusive right now on PS5 and Xbox Series and PC. Mm-hmm. So like you can't play it on PS4 or the other ones. But this game looks like it can definitely run on last gen hardware. Ugh. It doesn't like like you see the textures on the material, but it's not like horizon level textures. Like it's like very PS4, PS3 era. Like like this should run on last gen hardware. But they're saying they're do they're gonna do a last gen version like coming up in a couple months. Like there is gonna be a port. So you will be able to play this eventually, Johnny, if you care. Um so yeah, that's where I'm at with Marvel with Midnight Suns. It's very addictive. It's a very addictive like feedback loop where it's like gratification, gratification, mission, gratification, gratification, mission. And it's just like you're building your you're building your relationship with your characters. There is a main story that I don't wanna get too much into. They're like you guys are united against this like overbearing force that's like magical in nature kind of thing Cathan, i don't know if you know who Cathan is it's like you find that early on very early on Cathan is like responsible for the existence of chaos magic and stuff it's like it's the dark Cthone. hole Cathan, maybe it's some they pronounce it differently Cathan, which is like responsible for like juggernaut i think or something or like the the ruby or anyway it's some like yeah, outer yeah. dimensional magical being yeah juggernaut does get his powers from a different entity yeah so like all it's related to chaos magic and stuff so like that's like the main character that's why you do with the midnight suns because the midnight suns are like magical nat- characters in nature like uh do you, well there's one called magic you know magic oh she's colossus's sister yeah with the sword it's similar to a sentry right no sentry has his powers from what like a demonic force sentry oh the blo- the yellow dude yeah I, I kind of sort of it's uh I don't not I'm not up to speed with his it's lore. It's a storyline for a world breaker hook. It's it's cool. It's pretty dope. Oh, okay. Well, gamma is a huge part of the story. Gamma is like the gamma energy is like like gamma is like the enemy's like resource or energy like source. Gamma? Gamma. 
gamma energy is like a big thing and somehow it's tied to magic i don't know how that but it's weird yeah it's weird gamma, are we talking about hulk still or? hulk is a big part of the story yeah because it's supposed to be gamma radiation yes well, it's like not magic it's just gamma radiation well in the comics there's this weird storyline where gamma energy does come from magic i don't know if you've ever listened to that mc no, story I haven't seen that connection. it's weird but gamma supposedly comes from like hell which is weird in the marvel universe so gamma is an entity it's not just no it's like a like kind of like a leftover residue kind of like um what'd you call it isotopes it's like something that's refined like leftover what do you call it it's like a byproduct byproduct there you go yeah i think those are just isotopes yeah it's weird it's weird but anyway so marvel midnight suns really fun game i'm enjoying it i'm about i think i'm about halfway through the game i've been playing for about a week like it's like the only thing i play now after work but i am enjoying it and pretty soon once i'm done with that i'm probably gonna move on back to um playing uh tiny tina's wonderlands which was one of the black friday games i picked up Hmm. that along with dying light 2 and i'm blanking on the third one but so that's where we're at johnny that's where we're at any, do you have any other thoughts or any closing thoughts anything you want to say well um, I'm definitely going to go back to God of War Ragnarok because I dropped the game right I was close I was like at 96% Oof. and then I dropped it because there was a glitch that oh, does no. not allow me to complete the game no that's the worst kind I didn't think it was going to come this soon so have they said they're going to patch it have you followed up on it no, they passed it. Oh, okay. Yeah, they passed it way sooner than I thought. I thought maybe it would take two months or something. But they passed it. The problem was, uh, you know that place I told you about, the crater, my mm-hmm. favorite area? Mm-hmm. So once you get to the crater, you fight dragons. And one of the dragons was always on a perch. And you would go into that section. And the first time, the dragon came through. And he just tore me a new one. And then I upgraded and all of a sudden, once I'm upgraded, I go see the dragon, and the dragon doesn't want to fight no more. So, Wait, I'm not, I'm not I'm messing not with, with that guy. I'm not messing with that. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, apparently, uh, a lot of people were having this problem where the dragon doesn't want to come down from the top of the of the castle and fight you. Mm-hmm. So they patched that, and that's sort of it. I think maybe I have to open up some chests. Uh, but I'm I'm very close to I was very close to platinum, you know, way back like a month ago or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, the other part, uh, it finally got a well, not finally, also very soon, unexpectedly, it got photo mode. So I'm super. I can finally excited. take off the HUD and do stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm super excited for that. Even though I already beat the game, and I'm now not... I can actually see what I'm doing. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm not going to be play the story for a while, but at least I know that photo mode is there, right? Yeah. And I can still, while I get that platinum, I can still take a few photos. There you go. Yeah, uh, that's it. All right. So we're in December now. Uh, we're already in December. This is the first week of December. Game, we have like, probably like one more week of actual game news stuff because right after that right before christmas the whole industry basically just shuts down for about a week and a half Mm -hmm. not much happens over christmas up until a little bit past new year's like no one's doing any announcements no one's showing anything no one's you know i'm pretty sure the blizzard activision stuff probably will 
probably might die down. At least coverage of it is going to die down during that break, that winter break. Um, so I think around that time is probably where we might do the Scott of War spoiler cast or like, you know, deep dive review into that. Yeah. And then we'll do our own personal end of the year, truly last day of December, end of the year, kind of year in review wrap up of what we think overall the year. So ladies and gentlemen, if you have managed to make it this far, we thank you as always. Uh, We enjoy your listenership. We're glad that you guys find something to uh listen to we did our i showed johnny we did our spotify wrapped in review thing and we had 40 percent growth pretty decent growth this year compared to past year so we're doing something right i'm guessing <laughs> so thank you guys for that uh of course our hope is always to grow with each year uh but if not we well we still enjoy we still have a lot of fun with this so thank you guys for being choosing to be along for the ride uh, we're going to come back next week with, um, well, we're probably going to both going to play the demo for Forspoken, right, Johnny? That's right. We got, we got the announcement tonight that Forspoken is going to have a live demo up by the end of tonight, if not already. So maybe we'll have impressions on that next week and any last minute stuff that we for, like, didn't make it this week for this week's episode. So thank you guys as always, and we will catch you later next week. Thanks. Peace. Bye.